0: Hi, welcome to the Inspire Church podcast. Thank you for tuning in. But before you listen to the message, we want to celebrate that we have met our match. We were granted a matching grant, and in a month and a half, we made it. So thank you, friends and family, for your generosity. We are eternally grateful. We have continuing our series. We're on week three that we have called Gifted, and we are talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, this series, I have to admit, is really geared towards the church and to those who are kind of followers of Christ. Um, But nonetheless, even if you're a skeptic or a seeker or somewhere in the middle, uh, this uh, series is still something I think you would take interest in because we are talking about supernatural power. And, uh, And so um, that's what we are doing. And one of the premises of this series is simply this. Every single believer has been gifted, spiritually gifted, supernaturally gifted by God. That's what we believe. As Christians, if you've said yes to Jesus and you put your faith in him, the Holy Spirit has gifted you with supernatural gifts. Amen. And so that is the premise. And and those gifts that the Spirit has given to us, I'm just going to give you a brief recap is not to be confused with like natural talents abilities, because there are some people in here uh, uh, are, that are very, very gifted, right? Uh, but these spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, according to the Bible, are not those natural gifts or those natural abilities. But they are called—they are—they've been called divine energies, or, or or or, and it kind of feels a little comic booky, right? I don't even know if that's a word, but like supernatural powers, or kind of one of my personal favorites, expressions of grace that empower believers to do the work of the ministry. Amen. Expressions of grace that empower the believer to do the work of the ministry. And this entire series, uh, our biggest goal has been wanting to inspire some of you who've been following Jesus Christ, but you've been sitting on the sidelines for too long to get in the game. It is a good and worthy game To play in because God is glorified. Amen. Now New Testament scholars count anywhere from about 15 to 21 gifts listed in the New Testament. And for the next five to six weeks, we're going to attempt to cover 13 of those gifts, and so we're just going to kind of clump and lump some together each week, um, and hopefully will help make sense and unravel, and then we're going to meet in our small groups throughout the week, amen, all over the Bay Area and different homes, and we're going to unpack the sermon so that we can discover our gifts together. So I thought today, as we jump into the actual gifts and start discussing the specific gifts, I thought today, why don't we just start off? Why don't we just start a little crazy? Hey man, we got one person in the house that's ready for that. You know, I thought today we could just, we could just start off wild, right? Like let's just talk about the like unbelievable gifts, like right up of the bat. Like let's, if you're a skeptic in this room, you're going to have a field day. All right. We are going to today, we're going to jump right into it and just talk about maybe some of the most wild, supernatural, extraordinary gifts that the scripture says that the scripture says that believers have access to so this morning if you're taking notes the first set of gifts that we are going to be talking about is faith healings and miracles faith healings and miracles here's what I want to do Uh, I want to talk about these unbelievable gifts but I want to make sure that we create the appropriate biblical boundaries amen Uh, Because uh, some of us can become a little fanatical when it comes to this stuff, right? And so, even though we are charismatic, in charismatic, charismatic charisma means gifts. We are not charismaniacs, amen? There is a difference between the two, and we got to make sure that the scripture governs our understanding of the gifts. We have to make sure that the scripture governs our understanding of the gifts. So, let's pray. And then we will dive in. Heavenly Father, would you uh, speak through me? Holy Spirit, would you preach uh, uh, the sermon this morning? Even as I teach and preach, would you take the words of the scriptures and would you uh, uh, just implant them in our hearts and our minds? I pray you would open up our ears to hear what you're saying. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would cause good seed to grow in good soil so that everyone who showed up in the building today could walk out of here saying that they heard from the Lord. Will you annoy your servant? anoint our ears, anoint my mouth, and would you receive all honor and glory from this message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I think the first thing I want to do is just give a little shout out to the kids ministry. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can clap. You can give a shout out to kids ministry. we love, we love our kids men team, and uh, this morning, uh, Becca told me that they will be talking about the Holy Spirit's empowerment as well. And so as the parents are learning about the Holy Spirit, the children are also learning about the Holy Spirit. And I got to tell you something, childlike faith gives them the advantage. Because you better be careful. Because what they learn, they're going to believe. Or you're going to be skeptic and struggling and all your past experiences. But childlike faith, that's what I want you to have today. So God bless our kids men team. God bless everyone who's volunteering this morning. They're not just babysitting your children. They're teaching them about a holy God who's empowered them in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Uh, I just want to give off the top. I'm going to lean heavily this morning on uh, a few New Testament scholars. Um, One uh, his by the name of Wayne Grudem. Another one by the name of John Collins. And I'm actually going to lean a little bit also on the research done by Dr. Craig Keener. I may talk about him a little bit later. Um, And just various resources pulling together in order to uh, hopefully present to you what I feel like is a supernatural message about the gifts um, that is also guarded and guided by the boundary of the word so that we're not going off the wall amen um, but at the same time we are not denying the reality because I still believe and this church still believes that there is healing in the name of Jesus that there are miracles in the name of Jesus Amen and amen and amen. I, amen. James chapter 5. If you can go there with me, James chapter 5. You have your Bible apps or your Bibles. Turn with me to James chapter 5. We are going to read verses 13 through 18 together. I'm specifically reading from the NIV version because I have a little bit of an issue with the ESV today. And typically I read from the ESV version. If you want to sit down and talk more about that, we can do that. Um, but NIV today is where I'm going um, and it's verse James chapter 5 verses 13 through 18. Um, you can see me going fast because I have a lot to get to. I promise I will slow down at times um, but right now I want to make sure I get to the meat and potatoes of the word. Now you will find a list of these spiritual gifts uh, that I'm going to speak about today in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. But what I want to do is I want to read from James because I believe James brings faith, healing, and miracles together in one section of his letter. And so this is why we are reading from James this morning. Remember, we are talking about faith, healing, and miracles. James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18, read like this. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith, will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be, everyone say healed. Healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. i got to say that again. The prayer of a righteous person, anyone believe that, is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being even as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And guess what? It did not rain on the land for three and a half years. I'm gullible enough to believe that. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crop. I'm going to just stop there. In this excerpt, this small section of the book of James, the Apostle James affirms that ordinary believers can experience the extraordinary gifts of faith, healing, and miracles, The Apostle James, according to the scripture, affirms that ordinary believers can experience the extraordinary gifts of faith, healing, and miracles. So today, again, I want to discuss these gifts and provide the necessary biblical boundaries to keep us from becoming fanatics. But I also don't want us to deny the reality that the Spirit of God is still moving today in the signs of healing miracles and faith now I believe James is referring to the gift of faith when he talks about the prayer of faith in verse 15 and I think that it's important to note that it is the gift of faith through the vehicle of prayer That unleashes the Spirit's extraordinary powers of healings and miracles. You hear what I'm saying? It's the gift of faith through the vehicle of prayer that unleashes the Spirit's extraordinary power to heal and work miracles. In fact, in my own personal experience, as well as in those stories that have been passed down to me, and in the many case studies of verifiable healings and miracles that I've researched, the overwhelming majority of them featured a mama, a papa a grandpa or a praying grandma or an entire church that was earnestly and fervently and passionately engaging in intercessory prayer. In fact, I'm convinced this morning that the one reason why we may see such little demonstration of the Spirit's power today is because we have such little powerless prayer lives. And although I understand the sentiment of we don't want your prayers, you've heard that before. When something happens, there tends to be a group of people that say thoughts and prayers. And there tends to be a group of people that say, we are sick and tired of hearing about your thoughts and prayers. And I understand the sentiment of that because what they're saying is, stop giving us these surface platitudes. You're not going to follow through. You're not going to pray and do something about it. We don't want to hear it. So although I understand the reasoning behind that, I have to say, don't believe that for one minute. Don't be duped. Don't be fooled. And if you're a believer, don't repeat that for one minute as if you're trying to a point because when you say it what you're saying is essentially that prayer is not powerful but it is the fervent passionate earnest prayer of the saints that can move and unleash the spirit's power and I am convinced you can call me old school you can say this is a little radical I told you we're starting off a little crazy today but I'm convinced I'm convinced That we may see little demonstrations of power because we have such little powerless prayer lives. What must precede manifestations of healings and miracles is prayer and faith. Are you with me? Now I want to pause so that nobody is confused because faith is such an intricate part of the Christian uh, life. Right, And so I want to make a differentiation between the different kinds of faith. Okay, There are different kinds of faith. So when I say the gift of faith, what am I talking about? Now I just don't want you to be confused because we're talking about something unique when we talk about the gift of faith. So let me try to unpack that a little bit for you. And this is where a scholar Wayne Grudem has really helped me create kind of a teaching to help you understand the different kinds of faith. Well, first, there is saving faith. Saving faith is when you and I put our trust... Our confidence in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus for our salvation. Saving faith is simply believing the story to be true. Looking to Christ and no one else for our salvation. Are you with me? And I want you to know something. Saving faith is present in all believers. Everyone who puts their faith in Jesus, everyone who is saved, has saving faith. Are you with me? So that's one type of faith. But believers don't just trust in Jesus once. How many of you guys know that this is an ongoing thing of trust? right? You don't just say, yeah, God, I trust you, and then go off. It is a daily struggle to put our confidence in Jesus Christ, to put our hope in his word, right? And so we don't just trust Jesus once. See, we grow daily in our confidence in Christ to help us endure hardship, to help us overcome, to help us resist temptation, to help us mature as Christians. And so guess what? Like saving faith, there is also sanctifying faith that is present in all believers. Are you with me? So saving faith is present in all believers and sanctifying faith is present in all believers. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, as well as here in James 5, there is a gift of faith that is only given to some believers. There is a gift of faith that is only given to some believers at some times. And, and this gift of faith is an inexplicable, unshakable confidence that God is going to do something unbelievable. Amen. Wow. Are you with me? Do you, do you understand the difference between saving faith and sanctifying faith present in all believers? And then this unique gift of faith that only comes to some believers at some times. Are you with me? Yeah. Several years ago, my mother and father would take regular trips to serve folks in the local churches in Ensenada, Mexico. One Sunday... While ministering at the church, a homeless couple who had been living out of their car walked into the service, carrying into the service their six-year-old crippled daughter. And though the little girl had been unable to walk since birth, my mother described her parents as walking into the church walking directly in front to the altar, carrying their daughter with what my mom described as full of faith. You see, the little girl's parents had a sudden, inexplicable confidence that God was about to do something extraordinary that day. It's not every day that you get this sudden confidence, this sudden like inexplicable feeling inside of you that God wants to do something above and beyond what your natural eyes can see and what your natural mind can understand. And so at the risk of looking foolish, this homeless couple picked up their crippled daughter, walked into the service and brought her straight up in the church. So a mother and father, (laughs) probably not as strong in their faith as the parents were. um, They began to pray for her parents. And then they began to lay their hands gently on the little girl and they prayed. And after they said amen, nothing happened. But my mom and dad described that they, along with the church, all of a sudden felt this sudden urge... To praise God. Like to worship him as if he had did something. Right? Sudden unexpected urge to worship him as if he had did something when nothing happened. And listen. And when the service had ended. The little girl did not want to leave. So she told her parents in Spanish. Put me down so that I can go and play. To everyone's astonishment, this little girl who had been crippled since birth was placed on the ground where she slowly started to walk. And finally, she began to run and play. Look, look, look! I get it. So I'm like, okay, you know, but listen, listen. These truths passed on to us by the Apostle James were on display in Mexico that day. First, prayer followed. First, prayer First prayer, and then the gift of faith, and then healing, so that the one who could not walk from birth began to run in Jesus' name. And I think, I think us snobby, well-educated, highly advanced countries that just think we have it all together who look down on what we consider to be third world, impoverished people, as if they're uneducated, as if they have no experience, no knowledge, no understanding. And to some degree, yes, we have some advancements that they don't. We have much more access than they do. And we think to ourselves that we are so much better. But I think that's precisely why many of us lack such great faith. Now, I want to pause here because there's a warning that I want to give. There's a warning. I want to pause here because there's a warning when it comes to the gift of faith. I want you to remember this. You're taking notes. Just somehow note this. I want you to be very, very, very suspect, leery, red flag of anyone who tries to reduce healing to some kind of formula. This is important. As we talk about the gift of faith. I think it's really important that I make sure you understand this because there's a lot of us in this room that you follow teachers and preachers that are really abusing faith. And because maybe you just haven't really dived into the text, you're not discerning well, but you're really following folks who are actually abusing what the scripture says about faith, packaging something to you that is totally unbiblical. Are you with me? You see, I want you to know, there are false teachers who teach that we have the power to speak things into existence. You know that? In fact, I just, I I don't want to chastise anybody. I just want to exhort you going forward. Please don't ever say, hey, don't speak that into existence. That's not how God works. As if your words can control and command the God of this universe. As, as if you said something and God was like, oh shoot, you said that. I can't take that back. Like we limit our God. And here's why these false teachers do that. They limit God because there's a seduction to power. And here's the problem. Here's why it's foolish and unbiblical. And here's why people give all their money to folks to say, if you just give this much money, if you just sow this seed, if you just speak this thing into the air, and all of a sudden you're going to be healed. I want you to know, don't. that's foolishness. That's not the scripture. That's not the gift of faith. And here's how you can tell that it's selfish and it's not God. It's selfish because your focus and your emphasis is on the gift and not the gift giver. God listen listen it's power that is your God it's power that's your God you want the power and you use God to get it as if you can bend him to your will that's why it's called the gift of faith because it's not yours it's like you can't just will this faith up anytime this is something supernatural this is something inexplicable and this is something that the spirit gives to us This is not something that we can just command at will. As if our words are magic wands. You are not a little God. (laughs) There's so much more I want to say because I know there are folks. You're YouTubing. You're listening. You're inspired by positive thinking. The laws of attraction. With a little bit of Christian language. I want you to know that that's not Christianity at all. Name name it and claim it. And I might be offending some folks. And, and I understand. I want to know in love. I'm called up here to preach the word. And there are churches that you could attend with that. But not here at this church. You're not going to hear that. You're not going to get manipulation. You're not, not, you, you not going to get a word here. And how you can somehow twist God's hand to give you more. That's not what we're about here. Okay, I got to keep going. Because there's a lot to get to. Listen, run far away from the preacher or teacher who tries to convince you that your faith has the power to do at your will at any time. Yeah. My will be done whenever I want it to be done. I want to move from the gift of faith to the gift of healing. Uh, the Apostle James in this text connects the gift of faith with the gifts of healing. When he says in verse 15, the prayer of faith Will make the sick person well. Did you read that? Yeah. Yeah. I want you to know that James is making us aware. That there is potential supernatural power available to the sick. Yeah. Yeah. I know some of you are skeptic. I understand. James is making us aware that there is potential supernatural power Available to the sick. That can cause them to recover without medical intervention. And he's not suggesting a placebo. Nor is he speaking of a recovery from psychosomatic symptoms. But James is referring to the authority and the exercising of the spiritual gift of healing. That's what the Bible says. (laughs) Now I want to get a little technical Not too long. And then maybe have a little fun while we're at it. So in 1 Corinthians 12, healing is the only gift that's mentioned with a double plural. So there's the gifts. There's the gift of faith. There's the gift of prophecy. There's the gift of miracles. And then there's the gifts of healings. See that? So it's gift of faith gift of prophecy, gift of miracles, but then there is the gifts of healings. Mm-hmm. You see that? Mm. Wow. Now, what's the implication of that? Why, how should we understand this, or how can I use my teaching gift, right, to unpack this for you today? Well, he, here's probably a big implication for you. No one person has the ability to heal all people at all time. Wow. Wow. That's so, so what Paul is explaining is that And I don't know if this is a run-on sentence, to be honest. I really didn't do a good job of my grammar check on this next one. So forgive me. But Paul is saying there are a variety of different ways that God bestows a variety of different healing gifts to a variety of different people at a variety of different times. Okay? There is not one person that can heal all people anytime at will. Are you with me? Let's let's continue to unpack this. Now there are some people like Reinhard Bunkie. Good old Reinhard. And we have a little photo of him up here. There are some people like Reinhard Bunkie. Who have been gifted by the spirit to heal many. But not all. Do you hear that? And though he has been gifted to heal many, not everyone who comes for healing gets healed. This is, I know it sounds really elementary, but this is such important. Known for his passion for the gospel and his love for Africa, his open air services would regularly, regularly attract thousands With his largest meeting reaching 1.6 million people in attendance in Nigeria, November of 2000. Before he died in 2019, there had been over 79 million documented decisions for Christ through his ministry. And how they do that is his folks will kind of respond to the gospel People will give their lives to Jesus, and then afterwards, they will follow up with them with these response cards, okay? Super simple. Don't overthink it. 79 million responses. Documented responses of folks who said that they gave their life to Jesus. What made these crusades so popular were the stories of healings, various healings, of various diseases, from AIDS to cancer From blindness to kidney stones. And the widely told story of the resurrection of Daniel Echuku. A Nigerian man whose wife brought his lifeless body to a church. Where Bunky was ministering that day. You can look this up, okay? Then let's just, I want to keep, you're doing a great job. I just want to keep this slide up here as I give you this second. Then there are guys like my uncle Johnny Stanton. (laughs) I got this, I got this from my father. He's probably looking at me like, hey, uh, let's keep this story. Sorry, dad. Sorry, dad. We're just going there. Let me tell you about my uncle Johnny Stanton, who was married to my dad's sister. Probably wasn't the greatest Christian in the world. (laughs) Right? Probably had some issues attending church regularly. Definitely was grouchy and grumpy. And probably didn't have a lot of people who liked him. And I'm keeping it mild. (laughs) For over a year, my dad had been experiencing excruciating back pain. Chiropractors would bring some relief, but the pain would always return. One day, good old Uncle Uncle Johnny (laughs) came over to the house to visit and asked my dad if he could pray. My dad thought to himself, of all people, (laughs) this is not the guy. But of course, my dad being the humble man that he was is Is. it's a really good point wow (laughs) man you guys laugh at that joke better than my plan jokes my dad says sure so uncle johnny stanton with his grumpy and grouchy hands um, began to pray for my father. And on that day, in the living room of my father's house, where there was no crowds, right? No stage, no Reinhard Bunky, no well-known traveling evangelist, just grumpy, grouchy, sometime going to church Christian, Uncle Johnny's then, Mm -hmm. on that day, when he prayed, my dad said he felt a surge down his back, and he was immediately healed, Mm -hmm. and that back pain, excruciating pain, that had occurred for over a year, uh, was gone completely, Mm -hmm. if Uncle Johnny can pray, (laughs) (laughs) then you can pray, uh, total side note, I'm jumping off my notes, but, um, uh, the other night my wife and I, um, went to go visit, um, grandma Anna who recently is in the hospital. So please keep grandma Anna in prayer, faithful servant of God that comes and sits right here in the front. And, uh, she had all kinds of pain and, um, her back and, <clears throat> and so, uh, Jamila and I were with her and I was just like, there's no way I can preach this sermon, this week, and not specific. I mean, we were there, and we were going to pray no matter what, but not specifically pray with, like, some, some kind of faith, um, and you guys are at the edge of your seat, like, something amazing is going to happen, I just want you to know, <laughs> nothing happened, uh, but um, as we were there, you know, I said, hey, what hurts, what hurts, and specifically, it was her, she had, her back was hurting, and her leg was hurting, and she said, my back, my leg, and my belly, <laughs> And so Jamila and I began to pray for her specifically. Now, I just want to say this. You don't control it. You don't control it. But it doesn't matter where you're at. Whether you're on stage speaking to thousands. Whether you're at a home group in the front room. Someone's living room. Or you're in the hospital. If you are a follower of Christ. The Holy Spirit can gift you with the supernatural gift to heal. And as people of Christ, as followers of the way of Jesus, we should never think twice to pause and to pray when somebody is sick, hurting, and in need. That's all. That's all. That's all I want to say. That's all I want to say. Even if you're like overwhelmed with skepticism, but you still are a follower of Jesus like, never, ever right. pass an opportunity, no matter where you're at, no matter if you think you're a star Christian, or if you think you're the worst Christian on the planet. Because either way, you're probably wrong. <laughs> never, I, I see too many insecure believers. That's it. And we're talking about this in our groups, and some folks are like, I just don't think that's for me. You have been gifted. You've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Who are you to limit what God can do in your life? Amen. Amen. We okay? Are we okay? Are we okay? Just a couple of other fascinating observations uh, before we move on. In, in James verse fifteen and sixteen, James will even imply that there are some physical ailments that are a result of sin. And again, this is just what the Bible's saying, right? Like he he's saying that sometimes. The prayer of faith is not even for the, the ache in the body, but for the unforgiveness in the heart. And I, I've personally had this experience where I've prayed for somebody who was specifically dealing with a back issue, and while I was praying, I felt the Holy Spirit to talk about their unforgiveness with their Father. And as we begin to focus on that in prayer, and there begin to be some repentance, the back pain suddenly dissipated now again you could be a skeptic and you're totally I'm just giving you the experiences we're going to talk a little bit more about some stories and at the end hopefully tie it up with some understanding but sometimes the pain is a result of something that is not necessarily physical and again, I don't have all this time to unpack this so deeply, but I'm just trying to make sure that you understand the varieties of different gifts in the varieties of different ways with varieties of different people at a variety of different times. Y'all okay? Yeah. <laughs> Barbara Comiskey Snyder. <laughs> I know that's not Queen Elizabeth. Um, was 15 years old when she was diagnosed with MS. Over time, her limbs curled up. Um, she, 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 literally, she literally said she was like a human pretzel. Her lung collapsed. She lost her vision and became legally blind. She had a large tube placed in her chest to help inflate her lung. Then, as time went on in the 1980, she had a, I believe it's called a trachostomy where a hole was placed in her neck for a breathing tube that would be connected to oxygen. In one of her final visits to the hospital, they signed a do-not-resuscitate form as she was released and expected to die. Curled up, holes in her body, tubes going in and out. But on Sunday, June 7th, 1981... As two friends from church began to pray with her in her home, Barbara heard a man's voice tell her, Child, get up and walk. Filled with faith, she's like, I better do it. (laughs) I'm curled up. I'm blind. (laughs) I, I better do this. Filled with faith, Barbara jumped out of her bed, which is already a miracle. She straightened up. She jumped out of her bed. She removed her oxygen and she began to walk up and down the room. Her friends were astonished. Her mother ran into the room. Her mother fell to her knees and her mother actually began to fill her calves. And she yelled, Oh my gosh, you have muscles again. Hearing the commotion, her father came in. And this once curled up, shriveled up woman, took her father's hand and they began to dance up and down the room. This was 12 years she was like this. The next day, the three doctors on her case confirmed What Barbara already knew. This was nothing short of a miraculous touch from God. Listen. And the x-rays confirmed that both her lungs were perfect. Her vision was fully restored. Her muscles recovered so that she was able to walk. Barbara went on to live another 40 years before, before she passed in 2021 with no sign of MS. Hey, look, look. Inspire churches at gmail.com. Email me. I'll send you the research so you can see it. I don't have much time. I love this, right? So, James, in his scriptures, encourages us, right, to pray. The prayer of faith for the sick. So that they may be made well. So there's gifts of faith. There's gift of healings. He tells us even the elders of the church. right, To come and lay hands. And pray for the sick. I've demonstrated throughout the scripture. And just throughout experiences. That you don't have to be Reinhard Monkey Anywhere at any time. It's out of your control. (laughs) But God can gift you. The gift of faith. The gift of healings. But James also encourages us by saying Elijah, which is the Old Testament prophet, <laughs> was a human just like us. Why did he say that? He's an ordinary guy. But if you read the scriptures, he's an ordinary guy who at times was empowered by God to do extraordinary things. He says he was an ordinary guy, but when he prayed earnestly... He experienced the miracle working power of God. And again, I don't have much time to really unpack this. But besides extraordinary healings like Barbara's, there there are four types of miracles in Scripture. And I got to go fast, but there's power over nature. It's mentioned in Scripture, right? Elijah prayed for no rain, and guess what? Didn't rain for three years. And then he prayed for the rain, and the rain came. Joshua prayed for the sun to stand still. And it stood in its place. Look, whether you want to believe these stories, I get it if you're a skeptic. Moses lifted up his staff, part of the Red Sea. Jesus calmed the storm. Peter walked on the water when Jesus called him. So there's power over nature. Look, look there's authority over demonic spirits. I can tell you some stories, but I'm not going to do it today. People in the Gospels, Gospels under the influence of demons, which sometimes the demon is cast out and the physical ailment is gone. Like this is just the Bible. This is what's in the gospel. My wife and I, my mom and dad, we can tell you stories of demon, demonic possession. And th- This is a difficult one too. The Bible also talks about a few divine judgments, doesn't it? Ananias and Sapphira instantly Dying. Because of disobedience, wow. 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 so don't cross. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. i kidding. I had to. I had to throw that one out there. Don't don't cross me. Don't cross me. I, I, I'm sorry. I got to get back on track. But I've known some pastors. I'm like, yeah, that's no. That that's a red flag. Not going there. Don't use that one. But it but it's scripture. It's happened. And of course, the resurrection of the dead. Are you with me? Yeah. Right. So. Not including the many deceased saints who, who arose at Jesus' death and resurrection, right? The Bible says that the graves, some graves opened up. But we also know the Bible gives ten occurrences where someone was brought back to life. Paul raised Eutychus, Peter raised Tabitha, and Elijah raised a widow's son. And guess what? The text says that Elijah was a man just like us, a human just like us. One night, Dr. Chauncey Crandall, director of preventative medicine at Palm Beach Cardiovascular Clinic, was walking through the halls when he felt the spirit leading him to go into a room of a man who had already been dead for 40 minutes. The death certificate was already signed. Dr. Chauncey felt like God wanted to give the man a second chance. So, Dr. Chauncey did the unthinkable. You gotta have a lot of faith. That just feels real foolish and weird. He grabbed the defibrillator device and he shocked the man once. Nothing should have happened. He had been dead for 40 minutes and his face was already turning black from stenosis. And yet his heart started to beat. The nurse walked in and screamed. Doctor what are you doing? (laughs) After all even six minutes without oxygen. Is enough to produce irreparable brain damage. But this man lived. With no brain damage. And Dr. Chauncey was able to pray for him. And he accepted Jesus as his savior. To this day. Dr. Chauncey and Jeff Markin make their way around the whole world sharing this miraculous story. Now listen, I understand skepticism. I understand. But the stories of healings and miracles are too vast in number to just ignore. Like even if you're like an intelligent skeptic, you can't put your head in the sand. You can't blame Christians for putting their head in the sand. And then you do the same thing. The stories uh, of oh, healings and miracles are too vast to ignore. I could tell you about Dr. Craig Keener, a, a, a New Testament scholar who's written two volumes and over 1,200 pages documenting miracles around the world. He he was writing a commentary on the book of Acts, which is all about power. And he thought to himself, he's a scholar, New Testament scholar, Duke University. He thought to himself, well, if I'm going to write about the book of Acts and the power, maybe in my footnotes, I'll go and just find different miracle stories. Well, guess what? His footnotes took him. His footnotes took him so far off that he stopped writing this book and he started to write a book on miracles because there were so many to explore. Two volumes, 1,200 pages. I could tell you about the Global Medical Research Institute whose team of doctors travel around the world investigating claims of healing, publishing some of the most incredible healings in reputable medical journals. I could send you the site. Just because you haven't seen one with your own eyes doesn't mean they don't exist. And, And there are two types of people. There are people in this room who have faith that there's a God who works miracles according to the scripture. And there are people that just think, man, that just... The universe. Which is equally as silly. If you think like if you're going to call one silly. You, one's putting faith in the universe. The other one's putting faith in a God. In scripture. Who said these things would happen. That's up for you to decide and wrestle. It's up for us to debate. I want to finish. I thought I'd maybe take a little twist here. I want to finish by answering a difficult question this morning. Okay, so we're talking about the gifts of faith, miracles, healings. We're going to discuss them more in the groups this week. But I wanted to just deviate a little bit and answer this these final questions tonight, today. And the question is this: this is a difficult question. Why doesn't God heal everyone? You ever prayed earnestly? He did all the things mm-hmm. for God to do something, and he didn't do it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That, that, that's a source of a lot of folks' reason for walking away from Jesus. Right? Yeah. right, right, right? Why don't we see miracles all the time then? Wow. Wow. Are you all with me? Yes. Just a few more minutes, okay? You guys have been doing great. Just a few more minutes. I'm going to give you a surface answer, okay? And then I'm going to give you a, so you're like, "Oh, that's all." <laughs> I'm going to give you a surface answer and then we're going to finish. We're going to end today with with a, a little bit of depth that I hope would bring some understanding, some knowledge to your hearts and minds so that you can chew on. But but why why doesn't God do miracles all the time, right? Well, I think the surface answer is this: if God healed everyone, if God performed miracles all the time, they'd cease to be miraculous. And we probably have a greater reason to normalize it. Mm. Are you with me? Like we'd have a greater reason to say, well, that's not God because that happens all the time. (laughs) Not to mention, we can't discount the the miracles that take place that we take for granted every day. Right? Mm. The mind, science, medication, all these things, these wonders are all graces, common graces of God. But if miracles and healings happened every day, then we'd probably find a way to explain it away because it happened every day. And it wouldn't be a miracle. It would be normal. Are you with me? Okay, very surface. I get it. But I just kind of need to state the obvious. Number two is a little bit more difficult. So lean in and we're we're coming to a close. This is going to be hard. And this is probably going to be the reason why some of you either lean in and say, yes, I trust God. Or some of you say, well, this is why I'm not a Christian. And I get that. But this is the wrestle here, okay? If you are a follower of Jesus, if you trust the scriptures, you have to understand, are you ready? Our temporary comfort is not God's primary goal. And This is going to be even harder. So what is his goal? His goal is his glory. I know it's tough. His goal is to put his righteous character on display. His goal is for us to know the supreme creator of the universe. His character, his attributes. Now, for anyone else, that would be like really egotistical. But when you are perfect in all your ways, when you are perfectly holy, perfectly righteous, when you are love and goodness, kindness and graciousness, then it is the greatest thing that can be done That he would display himself for all mankind to see. Mm -hmm. And so here's the difficult thing. You guys are doing great. Our temporary comfort is not God's primary goal. God's primary goal is his glory. Now watch. Sometimes, now in light of that, are you ready? Sometimes suffering becomes the better thing. In the hands of God. sometimes suffering becomes the better thing. Right? Do you remember Paul pleading with God to take away the thorn in his flesh? We weren't sure what it is, but he pleaded with God several times, take it away, take it away, and God said, no, my grace is enough. My, I'm sufficient for you. Right? Paul says that he gave me this thorn to humble me. So he would know that when I am weak, he is strong. That God will be glorified through the Apostle Paul. So sometimes you'll plead and ask God and something won't get taken away. Why? Because it's not about your comfort. It's about his glory. But listen up. Sometimes suffering becomes the better thing in the hands of God. As he uses weakness to bring us closer to him. Some of y'all wouldn't pray if it wasn't for suffering. Some of y'all wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for pain. Some of y'all wouldn't be humbled if something in your life wasn't destroyed and brought down low. We'd be arrogant, egotistical, selfish, prideful. We would not be gracious, compassionate, empathetic. And so sometimes what God wants to do in you only comes through weakness. That's the Christian faith strength through suffering. Power and weakness. Jesus Christ. Ultimate demonstration of love was him dying on the cross. Y'all doing okay? God would rather humble our hearts than heal our bodies. Why, 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 why? And I'm going quickly. Why? Well... (laughs) Can I say, um, Jesus Christ, his death, his life, his death, and resurrection has secured for every believer in this room eternity. There is a guarantee in this room, if you are a follower of Jesus, that a day is coming where there'll be no more pain. That's what the scripture says no more suffering, no more sickness, no more disease, and no more death. That's guaranteed. Like that day is guaranteed. Christ has secured that. Are you with me? Like your comfort is coming but right now in this temporary time it's not about your comfort it's about his glory your comfort is coming there's going to be a time if you believe this word, if you trust this word There's going to be a time where there will be no more aches it's coming but right now it's about his glory now let me say this and guess what everyone who's ever been healed got sick again Everyone who's ever been raised from the dead, except for Jesus, in the scriptures, they died again. So what's the point of healing if you're just going to get sick again? And what's the point? Like, you can get healed of a disease tomorrow. Uh, uh, um, Barbara's story, she got healed of MS, lived for 40 years. And she died in 2021 of COVID. Everyone who gets healed gets sick again. Everyone who's resurrected. In fact, I was telling Jamil, like, if I die and I go to be with the Lord, the last thing I want (laughs) is for anybody to ask for me to resurrect. I'm like, God, do I got to go back? Like, this is where I want to be. Unless, one of two things. Unless God had something big that I had to accomplish. Right? Even if that big was like, hey, you're going to go back so your son could come to know me. Deal. Right? Or if I need a second chance. right? But anything else, please don't resurrect me. Okay, but I, I, I know it's silly but I'm trying to get it I'm just trying to see it and, we're, and you guys have done great I've gone a little long this was a big subject line but I'm going to finish everyone God has ever healed got sick everyone who's ever resurrected they died again so what is the point the point is the glory of God why did Jesus turn water into wine not so that the party would be popping but so that they would know that the bride the bridegroom has come and that there will be in eternity a party that will never stop. Yeah. Right, right. Why did Jesus calm the storm and walk on water? To prove that he was God. That he was the word made flesh. That he was creator. He was over creation. That he was Lord over nature. Why, why, why did Jesus multiply the fish and the bread? So that he could tell everybody, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Right. Why did he resurrect Lazarus? So he could show everyone that I am the resurrection and the life. Are you getting it? It's not about you, it's about God, it's about Jesus, it's about the demonstration of his glory. Stand up. I know that was so fast. Stand up. Rise. If you can. If you can. If you can. If you can team I'm gonna call a little bit of an audible here in a moment I'm gonna pray with you but we're just gonna take just a brief minute to just process and to praise God just maybe a brief chorus then I'm gonna come up we're gonna pray and you're gonna get out of here and you're gonna enjoy your lunch um, but can we just take one moment church to just process I said a lot I said a lot so just whatever the the Holy Spirit might be just putting on your heart just take a moment to process that and then we'll pray here's what we're gonna do before we leave not gonna be some incredible spectacular moment but we're just gonna pray a simple prayer for anybody who is in pain and who is sick and in need That's all we're going to do. James tells us if you're in trouble, let's pray. If you're suffering, let's pray. If you're sick, we'll pray. I can't promise anything is going to happen. What I can say is that there's power in prayer. And that it's not my power, but it's the power of God. And we're a church that believes in the supernatural power of God. We are, and we're unapologetic about it. And so, if there's anyone who's sick in this room, if there's anyone who's suffering, if there's anyone with any ailments, even if they're mental, not just physical, God is the God over the body and the mind. So Heavenly Father, this is no magic trick. This is just a simple prayer. Just a simple prayer this morning. We just pray that you would heal the sick. We believe your word. It's what your word says. We believe in the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit, that they're still alive and well and working today. And so I pray disease, sickness, chronic pain, depression, suicidal thoughts, anxieties we still believe that you are a healer would you heal these sicknesses, these diseases these ailments, these pains right now not for my glory not for the church's glory but for your glory for your glory your will be done So we pray this simple prayer for anyone in this room suffering from pain. Would you demonstrate your power at Inspire Church, not just this morning, but as we continue to grow in faith and in love. And we're careful to give you all the honor and all the glory, Jesus. We thank you for the trials tribulations, the sufferings, the pains. And we thank you for the healings and the miracles and the signs and the wonders. You are in them both and we trust you. And we trust you. And so I pray as we leave this place that we don't leave your presence. Would you be with us as we go to our homes this week to discuss these gifts? And would you just do miracles? do Lord, would you just, just heal folks, Lord? Even this week in our homes as we're gathering, Lord, I just pray that you would... Um, be glorified in such a powerful way and so lord we love you we honor you and we praise you in jesus name we pray amen and amen church you did it (laughs) man today was a big subject you lasted high five somebody have a wonderful sunday god bless you and we'll see you next week Hey, thank you for tuning in. And if you'd like to continue to bless the ministry financially, please give at inspirechurches.com. Have a beautiful day.